turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. The men's final major of the season is upon us. The Open Championship from Royal Liverpool. Nick, are you excited? Now, can you watch this because it's early or do you have no chance of watching this because it's early? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what time it's going to be on. Um, I guess it's probably like six hours time zone change between me and and this golf tournament. So yeah. the leaders tee off at like two. What is that? Like 8 a.m. my time? Yeah. No chance. <laughs> so it's probably finishing around lunchtime. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's pretty much no chance I can really watch most golf tournaments, but I could probably turn it on during like – Lunchtime, nap time of the uh, yeah of the weekend. We'll see. Yeah, there's I no, like there's that. no chance. No chance. Okay, there's great. No. Um, we're gonna tell you who's gonna win this tournament. At least I am. I'm, I'm very excited about my pick. It, it it should be obvious at this point. Before we get to any of it, please rate and review the podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify. Leave us a review and tell us who is going to earn the most Ryder Cup points this fall in Rome. Who do you think it's gonna be, Nick? You have any thoughts? Leading, yeah, leading Ryder Cupper? Yeah, I think it um I think it's gonna be Keegan Bradley. And I know I I I'm sorry, Keegan. I was I was but I, maybe I was being a little too harsh last week on the episode, but but it, it just might be Keegan Bradley. He you know, a lot of times it's not the front runners, it's not the guys you think, you know, it's the guys who had to scrap and claw their way onto the team and they show up hungry and, and they come ready to go and get the job done. I think it could be Keegan. I like these guys that were good young and stars in the team, like a Keegan Bradley and a Ricky Fowler. And now they're having this sort of second wave of their career. And they're both going to be in the Ryder Cup team again, alongside Taylor Gooch, who we'll get to in a little bit. But I think I think it's going to be Ricky. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm so charged with Ricky energy right now. I saw a couple of videos of him hanging out in Scotland, not even playing the Scottish Open golf course, just 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 playing a course in Scotland. He's he's fired up. The people want him. So I think it's Rick. But let us know who you think is going to be the leading point getter at the Ryder Cup. It's going to be a great event. Now, now is this, this for both teams or is this just we're not we're not discriminating here, are we? Leading point getter. That's right. Okay. For the entire event. Okay. Once again, we say a lot of stuff and we don't mention Scotty Scheffler, who hasn't finished outside the top 12, I think, in like a year. Um, so hopefully one of us picks him today. A little context. Um, Nick Nick is doing a great job right now because it is almost 10 p.m. Eastern time. He fought with his microphone for about 20 minutes and he won the battle to record this podcast. Nick, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know what? I had a three-stroke lead going into 17. I blew the lead, but I still got it done in the playoff, and here we are. You four-putt to win the Masters like Scott (laughs) Sheff. There we go. We got it done. It is now time for the Handicap Report brought to you by Blue Tees. Get the number one rangefinder, the three max from Blue Tees. It's water resistant, has pulse vibration when you lock in on the correct target and a magnetic strip so you can slap it on the cart. Save 10% when you use promo code TURNITCHECKOUT. That's TURN, T-U-R-N. Or 10% off any product at bluetees.com. Blue Tees play different. Anything to report this week, Nick? Nothing to report. We're officially recording more podcasts than I am playing golf. Um, I got some golf in my future, though, and there is 
only one direction my handicap is going to go. I I promise. All the bad stuff is out of my system. Not all the bad stuff, but the worst of the worst. God, please let it be out of my system. It's going to happen. We're going to care less about the handicaps like we talked yeah, about last week. We're goal. just going to we're going to worry about the process and the result will take care of itself. Hey, let's I did have some fun out there. Yeah, that that's all we're trying to do. I have my absolute D plus game out at uh, Stone Creek Golf Club for the um, third major of the season. And the kid from Clackamas just was gutty all day long. Just mm. knocking in 15 par putts, getting up and down from 80 yards. I think I hit four greens. We managed to shoot 82 from the blues. That was enough to just squeak into the money in net. So I was very excited about that. The handicap so? went down again. I'm 8.8. So yeah, oh you're kind of on a you're on a streak at this point. I'm on a little bit of a tear. Three rounds in a row. I'm going to play Glendevere West this weekend. I'm just gonna have fun. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to go out there trying to protect a lead or do anything crazy. We're just going to let things happen and see what happens. That is your handicap report brought to you by Blue Tees. I can never say brought to you by Blue Tees. That's such a difficult one to say. A lot of B brought to you by Blue Tees. Yeah, no, that, that is, that's tough, Joe. I, I, I respect the effort. Turn, T-U-R-N at checkout for 10% off. Before we get to the Open Championship, Nick, out at Stone Creek, this is one that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I actually had a story and some context and it happened in real life. So there's some long grass along the fairways and a few of the holes at Stone Creek, like kind of the long, wispy, open light grass that you'll Mm -hmm. see in some of the uh, British Open Championships. And so oftentimes people will be looking for balls and they'll ask a question and they'll say, hey, what are you playing? And when someone asks that question, if they have not located a golf ball, that's the cruelest thing you can do to a golfer. And I'm guilty of it. You're, we're all guilty of it. We don't mean sure. anything by it. But it is so awful because when someone asks me what I'm playing, I assume they've located a golf ball. And if I give them the right combination to unlock the door of my lost golf ball, great. I've saved two strokes. But he asked that question of my of our other playing partner, and he had yet to find any golf ball before he did that. And I just thought to myself, oh, I hope I remember to talk to Nick about this. <laughs> Does this drive you wild internally? Um, I try to, before I get too upset, I try to think about like what the other person is going through, right? And I think in this situation, I'm that other person. I'm walking through this grass, and I'm like, what the hell am I even looking for? Hey, what are you playing? And then I'm like, after those words come out of my mouth, I'm like, probably wasn't the right time to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, but you're looking they're, they're for probably purpose. Like, what the hell am I looking for? And it, like, I don't want to be like, hey, are you playing a, are you playing a, a, a Max Fly Four with a with a green dot? Because they're like, oh yeah, of course that's me. You know, so it's good to have them identify it, even if you haven't found it. But like, you know, mm. I get that. It's, you know, it's probably not the way you would want to draw it up. But you're probably just out there wandering around left field like, what am I looking for again? Like, tell me what I'm looking for. You know, that way, if I find that specific, that Titleist with the with the logo crossed out, I know for sure it's yours because you just told me before I even saw anything what I was looking for. That's an excellent counterpoint. I never thought about the honesty angle where... <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm definitely playing that Callaway Warbird golf ball that they discontinued <laughs> in 2006. I, I, I love them. I just find them on uh, eBay. They're great. Yeah. That's yeah. an excellent point. Okay. I think the moral of the story is um, just just be aware of your surroundings. Be empathetic to a golfer who has just lost their golf ball. And by the way, every time I play Stone Creek now, I ask every playing partner. I even asked the starter on the first <laughs> tee. I described the situation and then I showed them and everyone's like, no, they're they're crazy. That that internal out of bounds does not exist. So Wow. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. But I have made a decision. We'll get to the open in a second. I've made a decision. I'm not joining Glendivere this year. I'm going to really? stick it out. I'm going to wow. stick it out at Stone Creek because the club championships at the end of the month, you got to play from the tips, which is a 74.2 rating and 140 slope. It is not an easy golf oh, wow. course for back. Yeah, yeah that's like, that difficult. And the winners, I think, shoot over par. And these guys are all plus handicapped. So I'm going to give it a go. I'll be lucky if I break 85, but I think it'll be a fun challenge. And then yeah, there's a couple more majors. There's a senior championship point, my dad to play. In, and then are, the are they all, if they're all majors or any of them majors, I guess that's the question I have. It seems like there's a lot of majors at this, at this golf course. So there's a major every month and they pay out more and the majors go towards a season long. They have a season long thing called the ringer. And what it is, mm. is it's your best cumulative score on every hole throughout the course of the season and the top four gross players is the team that they send to the Oregon team championship. That's the representative of Stone Creek Golf Club. So that's kind of a way to, 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 to choose the, the four players. How would you choose it? That's like you. So like, say I play, you play Stone Creek 18 times. Mm-hmm. You make a par on each hole once or a birdie on each hole once, but you never break 90. You're you're going to this you're going to this championship. That, you are in how? fact okay. I mean but, that's cool. I mean yeah, I, I, there there are probably better ways to identify your best four players at the club. It's top cool. four club championship. For, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's cool, but um, yeah. I mean that's cool. It's yeah, just a little surprising. It is. It is. It is a little bit. But the more I thought about it, I think it rewards people that play the course a lot, which is probably yeah. part of what they want. And then it also rewards good play so like i've played two majors my ringer score is plus four so mm. i'm like 50th i think out of like 150 guys right now so i got some work to do in the last couple of majors of the year to make it but i'm gonna stick it out of stone creek and the next year i've decided i'm gonna join both stone creek and glendivere i'm gonna play with my dad at glendivere really? i'm gonna do tournaments at stone creek okay cool it's a lot of golf for a guy You're who not doesn't have very much free out, time yeah not completely out on stone creek that's that's interesting yeah, That's I cool. think I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. No, it should be fun. We'll see if I uh, can stay a single digit handicap playing a really hard course for the rest of the year. It should um, help. It, it should. Okay. So I got to move on. But one more thing. The 72 that I shot at Glendivere was a five differential. The 82 from the blues that I shot at at Stone Creek was an 8.6 differential. So there's a 10 shots in reality and only mm-hmm. 3.6 shots of a difference. That's how much yeah. more difficult it is. Yeah. Okay. The Open Championship. Nick, Royal Liverpool. Have you been there before? Uh, not yet, no. <laughs> Bucket list for us both. It's hosted 12 times. It's the fifth most of any open course. It took a long break. They had a bunch of Opens early on, and then from like 1967 to 2006, they didn't host them. Distinguished list of winners. Walter Hagen, Bobby Jones, Tiger Woods, and Rory McElroy, the most recent 
Open champion out there. Fun fact about Tigre, he hit one driver all week on his way to victory. So length isn't necessarily a huge advantage at this course. It's usually not that way at the Open, except for maybe St. Andrews, where you can drive like five par fours now. Um, So it should be a really interesting week. Nick, I thought a fun way to go about this before we get to our picks. Out of the top five players in the world, who do you think is most likely to miss the cut? Scotty, Rom, Roars, Vic, and I forgot one. I thought I really thought I was going to be able to rat on Loft. Yeah, I was like, head. I was like, you better, you better be ready to list them because there's no chance. I don't know who the number five player is. Um, I think Scotty and John Rom are, are definitely going to make the cut. Real Johnny I, missed his last cut. Pat Cantley. No, he's not. Oh, Pat Cantley. So John Rom's not due to miss another cut for like three years. Um, I could see Rory missing the cut, like no problem. That's that's not hard to envision at all. Uh, it's not hard to picture um, Victor Hovland missing the cut. Patrick Cantlay, um, I think he's going to be in contention. I don't have him missing the cut. If I had to pick one of those, I would say uh, I would say Rory. You could have given me. 30 guesses of the number four player in the world, and I would not have arrived at Patrick Cantlay. I'm shocked by that. Yeah, he got, I think he was up to number two for a while. I don't, I don't know. Like he had his run of wins was, seems like it was a couple years ago. It should be coming off his like divider. Um, But somehow he's, he's finagling the system. I need to hack the system on my handicap the way that he's hacking the OWGR because he's got it figured out. I figured it out. Is it starting, good golf? Is that, is, is that it? Starting with the Genesis Invitational, third. T4 at the Arnold Palmer, 19th at the Players, 9th at the Match Play, 14th at the Masters, 3rd at the Heritage, 9th at the PGA, 14th at the U.S. Open, and 4th at the Traveler. So that sounds like one of the top five players in the world to me. My the guy's just not winning are, are very good. much. <laughs> That's pretty good in elevated events and majors. How confident do you feel about your list here? Oh, 100%. I really like your picks. I, I, li- I like, I like all of them. In fact, Thank so you. much so, I want you to start. Okay. Let me put my drink down. Put your drink down. Okay. My dark horse at forty-five to one, mm. and I didn't even check his official girl wall. Official. I'm sorry. It is late. Official world golf ranking because I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's way up there. Um. However. He's been playing well since the start of May. He's got a T4 at the PGA, a T20 at the U.S. Open, two top fives and three top tens in live events. And he seems to have eliminated the tournament killing rounds. It is Bryson DeChambeau. He is at 45 to one. And I think his problem with the last two years is he would have a couple low rounds, 69, 70, 68, but he'd have a 74, 75 in there. It'd never really be a factor And since May has started, he's a little bit slimmer, probably a little bit more energetic. He he hasn't had those those tournament killing rounds. He's just been hovering around the high 60s and low 70s. Yeah, I love this pick. I I strongly considered it as well. Uh, Bryson right now is 100 in the world, which is hilarious. I think if this was a course, if this was St. Andrews, I, I would I would actually put money on him to win at 45 to one because the driver is so important there. 
I do think that when he won the U.S. Open, uh, his wedge play is what did it. So if he returns to that sort of form, I think he has a good opportunity. He's he's kind of sneaky good with his short game when he's on. Like, I know that everyone thinks with the one length irons that he doesn't have any touch or feel, but he won the U.S. Open by six shots. So that's that's not to be discounted. So 45 to one, I think that's great value. And I think a lot of people just besides Brooks kind of forget about the live guys is having a possibility. Um, I joked about the Goochman earlier. Taylor Gooch has won three live events this year. He's 100 to one to win this golf tournament. Now I can guarantee you something. Taylor Gooch is not going to win the British open. Cut this out. He's not going to win the British open. Save this clip. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not that much of a limb you're going out on because like any golf tournament, any player you say that about, there's like tough to win a tournament. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just the numbers are in your favor to pick one guy, not to win a tournament. Um, but I wouldn't sit here and say I guarantee Taylor Gooch is not going to win this tournament because he he could, right? Like he's got to be Gucci one of Mane. The, he he totally could win this tournament. He is I mean, one of the hottest he's not in, in it world. unless he's not in it. He really is like the only player who's been very successful in recent memory that no one takes seriously at all. For some reason, we say, oh, Brooks won on Orlando going into the Masters. That makes sense. Oh, Cam Smith, he's on a roll. He just won the most recent live event. Oh, Taylor Gooch won another live event. Who gives a shit? It's Taylor Gooch. They forced him out of yeah. the U.S. Open. They're not going to pick him for the Ryder Cup. Like, why does no one take my man seriously? He's not my man. I don't take him seriously either. Yeah, I mean, he's good at golf. I'm fine if he's not on the Ryder Cup team. I mean, you know, I'm fine that he wasn't in the U.S. Open. I think he'll. I don't know if he'll do well because he didn't. He hasn't really done well um, when it's been his time to shine on those stages. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Anyway, so you're picking Bryson DeChambeau, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's that's correct. Dark horse, forty-five to one. I love it. All right, I'm going to cheat. I have two dark horses. I got I got two long shot ponies. I love this move. They're both Why at not? 65 to one. They're both yeah. in there. It's our podcast. No one's going to stop <laughs> us. It's believe podcast network going to shut us down. No. Okay. 65 to one. Two guys. The first one is Adam Scott. He's not had a spectacular season, but he has had three top tens. He has been trending in a decent direction. And also of note, he finished top 10 in the 2006 Open Championship and the 2014 Open Championship. And if you were paying attention earlier, both of those were Royal Liverpool. So, Adam Scott at 65 to 1. I love him for a top 20. Maybe a little taste on the victory. The other one, social media's favorite new weirdo in terms of golf. Bit of a big game hunter. T6 at the player's. After an early stumble in the final round, he calmed himself and made a lot of money there still. And then T5 at the U.S. Open. My man has also won in the United Kingdom. He won the Scottish Open a couple years ago. Min Woo Lee. I rode his sister to success at last year's U.S. Women's Open. Why not Min Woo? 65 to 1. Love a top 20 there too. Little taste on the victory. I, I don't know, man. I feel like there's like a thought that I have rattling around my head where players like Justin Rose, Jason Day, Adam Scott, like that generation of player, all of them have one major and it feels like one of them is going to get another one sort of in the early back nine of their career. Well, I mean, Adam Scott's 42, but it just feels like we're going to have one of those guys 
randomly win a tournament. And the Open Championship is kind of the most random tournament for a person to win. The Open is the one you get for sure. Like the Tom Watson when he was like 74 and, and like all he had to do was hit an 8-iron on the green and he would have won. Um, so sad. It's definitely the one you get when you're like not one of the elite players, but you still have the ability to win a major. Um, craft. Yeah. Yeah. Like So I, the Adam Scott pick, I could totally see that. Um, Min Woo would be one of the coolest outcomes of this tournament. That'd be if, so fun. If, if he wins that, like who wouldn't love a Min Woo major champion um, British Open victory? That would be awesome. They're good. Yep. They're they're good. That's good. Two good dark horse picks. I appreciate that. And just to kind of bring it full circle, someone who got one of those late career majors kind of stole one. Ernie Els, the 2012 British Open, his last major victory, he won because Adam Scott bogeyed the last four holes to lose by one. Mm -hmm. And I, I could be getting this wrong, but when when Watson failed to convert wasn't it Stuart sink who got it done it sure Stuart was sink has has been 48 for the last like 20 years the so least like that's major an, winner an, ever. another great example of a guy in his mid to late 40s getting it done at the open no i don't know how old Stuart sink was when he when he won that but um, i mean it's close to 40 are we gonna are we gonna be okay this is absolutely perfect okay ashley needs to give us 30 seconds on ricky fowler Okay, hold on. I'll, I'll give her the headphones. This is so oh, good. Go. Ashley, one of the women that keeps this podcast going. Ashley, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. We talked about it last week. Ricky Fowler is back. We talked about it at the start of the pod. I'm thrilled. Can you talk me through your emotions now that Ricky is fully back? I mean, I can. So, um, you know, the last time I was on a podcast was about a movie review, and now I'm on here talking about Ricky Fowler and the momentum and what I feel now versus that is just unbelievably different. But anyways, so Joe, I don't know if you know, but the Women's World Cup is is starting up in uh, 10 days now, right? Oh, great. And uh, it's in Australia, New Zealand. Watch women's soccer. Watch the Women's World Cup. Um, but anyways, love this. Ricky Fowler winning the tournament got me as excited as the Women's World Cup. So that is where I am at. That is, is where price? I'm at. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, come on. Like, Ricky Fowler winning a tournament. And I heard that you betted on him at the same time. So I'm like, what? Yeah, and then so, I got the news, like, on the fourth hole of a round I was playing, and I broke par. I had my best round in 10 years literally that day. It, it was unbelievable. So you're channeling Ricky. I know. I haven't played a bad round since Ricky Fowler won recently. It's so exciting. I mean, I see the connection. So, like, you just keep riding that wave. Ricky, keep riding that wave. And it's a win-win for everybody. You know what I mean? So, like, all is right in the world right now. If it just stopped raining in New England, everything would be perfect. Ashley, before you go and give the microphone back to your husband, who's your pick to win the Women's World Cup? Come on, Joe. Is that serious? Uh, I have to hear it on the mic. USA all the way, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, Let's my go. Girl, my girl, Alex Morgan is going to just take, take it all. Like she's going to have, a, she's going to have a day over and over and over again. And then, you know, my second star of the tournament is going to be Trinity Rodman. I think she's going to really like bring it. Yep. She's going to rise up to the moment. She's going to be, she's going to be something special. You know, I think like she's got it. She's got it in her blood to do like great things and great moments. So here we go. And this is, this is it for Rapino, right? She's retiring after this. It's the end. Yeah. So. <sighs> 
Okay. Her, her, her swan song. It's over. I love this. So not oh, only. Also, also, side note, like shout please. out to Marta from Brazil. It's, it's going to be her sixth World Cup. So sixth and final. And then that's an incredible accomplishment. She leads um, all players in the goal scoring. She has 17 goals in World Cup. So like unbelievable. Damn. So let's 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 go shout out to Brazil, too, and, and hope they do well. I love it. What a final that would be. Ashley, thank you for being here. Sorry that I'm bringing up other sports, but, you know, I just got to tie tie it all together and, and tell you my feelings. Ashley O'Brien Heidelberger coming in hot as usual. We're cutting none of that, Nick. All of that is staying yeah, in. Of course. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. I mean, I guess USA has to be the overall favorite, right? They won 19 Women's World Cups in a row. Yeah, I think um, there's there's like a ranking system in in like world soccer and USA has been number one, They're like the Tiger Woods of, of women's soccer. They've been number one for years and years. Less Could problematic wrong, though. Wrong with some of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that was, that was a great interlude. I think you were going to give us your contender and it's not Ricky Fowler. It's not Ricky Fowler this week <laughs> um, because this week is a major. Um, oh my gosh. I, I know. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. My contender is Tony Fino. And here's why he's kind of, he had this like 18 month stretch where it was just constant pressure. Like Tony fee, like why is he underachieving? Like what's going on? It felt like the spotlight was always on him. Then he got a couple like kind of low key wins. Like he won the three M and it was like, you know, he he won pretty easily, but it wasn't a strong field, but he still won like a PGA tour event. He did won a couple, he won back to back or, you know, and now it feels like, that hype has died down, but the pressure is off, but he's still really good. And I started looking a little more into him. He's sixth on the PJ Tour in strokes gained tee to green. And what mm. that tells me is that one of my favorite elements to look for in a player to pick for majors is he's a hot putter away from winning. If you're one of the top six, top five, top ten in getting the ball onto the green, and if your putter gets hot, there's not that many guys you you need to overtake to get a victory. So he's that close. He's not feeling the pressure. I got him. I don't have the odds here. I I meant to put him down. I think he was like, did you, what do you got? What do you got odds for Fino right? Now? I'm sure you have it right in front of you. I bet he's like twenty five to one. He's always he's always in that second tier of mm-hmm. favorites because he is a guy who, while he hasn't like finished second in a major, he's finished top ten in all of them. He's played in the final group on Sundays before. So he's been in that position and he's won. So he, he, he is a guy that's on deck to win a major championship. And, and the open feels like one that he could, that he could get done. Tony is uh, thir- wow. 35 to one. That's actually pretty good. 35. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to yeah. say it. Didn't write it down, but zero time major champion, Tony Finau. It just doesn't doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel like that's going to be the end of his career. So we'll see if this could be the week. Love that pick. Uh, my contender is someone that you've slandered already in this podcast. It's not Ricky Fowler. It's Victor Hofland. T7 okay. at the Masters. T2 at the PGA. T4 last year at St. Andrews. He won Jack's tournament, the Memorial, in a playoff. He's trending in the right direction. He was top 20 at the U S open. I think it was just 19th. Didn't really contend there, but he had just won the Memorial when that happened. He's a European dude. It just feels like 
I'm going to see, I can visualize, you know that big yellow scoreboard that they have for the British Open? I know I'm going to see Hovland up there. I don't know where it's going to be. It's going to be on there. And maybe it's at the top. Tough odds. He's 20 to 1. But I like it. He's one of like the seven favorites to win it. He's my contender. I feel really good about Victor Hovland in this tournament. The only thing, the only problem I have with that pick, I, I, you could totally be right. He could be on that leaderboard. He just seems like he's streaky. He's hit or miss. He either shows up and he's the first round leader and he's hanging around all week or he's just nowhere to be seen and he misses the cut and it's just like nobody misses him on the weekend. So that's my only hesitation with that pick. I think it's solid. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his hands on some major championships. I just don't know if he's reliable. Like, you know, like John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, you know they're going to be in the top 10. You know they're going to be in the top 15. Like, it's almost a guarantee. It's almost a lock. Victor Hovland, that's what separates him. Is like he could just as easily not show up. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's five in the world and not one or two for that exact reason. But you talk about streaks. I mean, Three of the last four majors, he's finished in the top seven. So that feels good. like a pretty good streak right now. Who knows? Maybe. And so much with the British Open, too, is what side of the draw you're on. If you get a bad draw and you catch the weather and, and, and the course is in crappy condition, it could be completely out of your control. Or you could catch it right and you are 11 under after two days and have a five-shot lead. There's just so much randomness in this tournament. But I like Vic. I'm excited about it. But That's true. That's, enough that, of that, Nick. True. Who's going to win okay. this tournament? It's Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler is going to win this tournament. He's he's only nine to one, so you're not going to get great odds because it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. There's 156 guys in this tournament. You're telling me he's nine to one uh, to win. Why is that? He's number one in the world. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee. He's number one in strokes gained approach. He's number one in strokes gained tee to green. He's number one in, in strokes gained total, which means he's just the best. Like strokes gained total is just like being the best golfer, right? If you're number one in in the strokes yeah. that you gain against all the other players, it just That's means golf. you're better than everybody. <laughs> um, it, his one weakness is putting. He's and not to be a, like rely too much on strokes gained, but just to paint the picture, he's. 131st in strokes gained putting. All he would have to do if he plays his normal game from tee to green is be like top 100 putting and he'll probably win by five strokes. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to get a hot putter. He just has to putt a little bit better than his average putting performance, which is already below average. There's so much, there's so much room for him to make up there. All he has to do is make up a little bit of that room and play his normal game from tee to green. It should be like an easy victory for him. A very underrated part of Scotty's game is his chipping. He is such a good chipper and pitcher of the ball. He makes them a lot. I just feel like you have to be a good putter to win the British Open. Um, You have to be creative and clever. I'm not saying he's not creative and clever, but it's pretty tough to go into the British Open as putting being the weakness of your game. Now, I know that he hits the ball so much better than everybody else. It's sort of balances that out and if he has an okay putting week he it could be one of those boring Sundays where you wake up at 8 a.m and Scotty has a six shot lead and they're trying to make an argument that someone's making a charge and it's like no Scotty's not gonna make any bogeys he's just gonna win by six and it's like oh yeah it was a year and of course Scotty was gonna win a major like he hasn't won a major this year he won the players which kind of counts but it doesn't it doesn't 
No. Are you, are you ready? I'm going to rip off the tournaments that Scotty Sheffield has played this year. I'm just going to give you his finishes in reverse order. Are you ready? Okay. T4, third, third, T3, T2, T5, T11, T10, 4, 1, T4, T12, 1, T11, T7. Jesus. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Like I know John like, Rahm I don't I don't place won that the Masters high in my foursome. <laughs> it's like Scotty could not win a major and still be the player of the year. Just because I I mean that's like Tiger I know Rahm has won four hasn't Rahm won four times in this year. Yeah, it's gonna be tough if you win four times in the Masters not to be the player of the year. But my God, to be that that's like ridiculous consistency. That's Tiger stuff. It's insane. It's insane. So that's the guy I'm picking to win this tournament. It, it would be it would be dumb not to. Nick, we were in Idaho and we were sort of watching the last round of the U.S. Open in the background as we waited for the results of the tournament to be announced. And I turned to you and I said, "I'm picking Cam Smith to win the U.S. Open or to win the British Open," and uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, nothing has happened since then to not make me feel good about that. He finished T5 at the U.S. Open. He finished T9 at the PGA Championship, T34 at the Masters, trending in the right direction. He won the most recent live event. He's number seven in the world, basically on the strength of how he's played in the majors. He's the best putter in the world, and he still hit the best putt I've ever seen under pressure at St. Andrews last year, where he hit a putt that went around the circumference of the bunker and up onto the green five feet away. And he had, if he didn't execute that shot, he wasn't going to win. Cam Young and Rory were just making birdie after birdie after birdie. And he had had to execute this putt. And he did it like it was nothing. He made it look easy. And I keep thinking about that putt, not to to interrupt you. Go ahead. Watching that, you're right. He did it like it was nothing. And I'm watching him. I'm watching this shot that he faces. And the way he approaches it, just like it's every other shot he's ever hit. And I'm like, am I not seeing this bunker? Like, is that an illusion? Like, does he not see this bunker? Should somebody tell him there's a massive bunker in front of him? He, just- he did it like it was on bumpers. Like, it, it was executed to such perfection. Um, and, you know, look, the weakness of Cam's game is his driver. And the fact that he won't need that as much as he would at a typical major championship, I think, is also going to help him. So I love Cam. Uh, I grabbed him at 18 to one. I think he's down to like 14 to one after the live win. And I just think him for a top five to me is such a clean, easy bet this week. Just grab Cam for a top five, maybe for a victory. But I really, really like Cam Smith. Okay. You Once have again, me convinced. Is, it's a solid pick, right? Yeah, it is. Dark Horses, Adam Scott, Min Woo Lee, my contenders, Vic Hovland, and my winner, is Cam Smith. I've got Bryson as my dark horse, Tony Finau, my contender, Scotty Scheffler as my winner. Now, Joe, if you take those seven players, because you have two dark horses. Yes, I do. Would you take that pool or the field? You know, we do this every every major, and we never pick the field because we have to basically take everything we've just said over the last 25 minutes and set, decide if that's total bullshit or what's going to happen? Well, it's not. Doesn't have to be total bullshit. Okay. It's just the odds. I mean, 156 guys. Yeah, you've got you've got 148 of them. 
147 of them, 49, whatever the math is, in one corner, and you've got seven in the other corner. Like, yeah, it yeah. have to be total bullshit to just say, like, I'm going to go with the 140 something. The field guys. or Nick and Joe. I mean, if you just yeah. think about it this way, uh, the field has John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth. Like, there's a lot of good golfers yeah. that we did not pick. So I like our picks, though. I think we're going to get it. Do I get anything if I take the field? Do <laughs> uh, you want to take the field? I would. I'll take the field. Yeah. Okay. I, I All right. Take the field. I hope you get a chance to watch a little bit of it, at least. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it on. I'll turn it. Is on. it going to be competing with the World Cup? Are you going <laughs> to? No, it's not going to compete with the World Cup. Okay. Good. Okay, Nick. It is time for the Mad Golf for the week. It's brought to you by Piper Golf. Use the promo code Turn Ten at checkout for ten percent off everything at Piper Golf. Golf balls for plus ones and twenty fives for much much less than a Titleist or Callaway. This season is here. Stock up. Use promo code Turn Ten at checkout at Piper Golf. We're going to Royal Liverpool. Mm. Two Mad Golfers. The first is John Corlett. Quote. I drove past. I don't play golf, and I have no interest in learning. To me, golf spoils a good walk. John, what what inspires you to write this review? Don't you have anything better to do, John? What are you doing? What are you doing? Now we have Robert Bernard Smith. Quote, fabulous welcome and hospitality, as you would expect from a famous, iconic golf venue. However, I was underwhelmed, even though I played okay. Nice. <laughs> Too expensive. Slow round. Too many Americans. <laughs> Poor greens. Oh, no. <laughs> Played Conwy and Royal St. David Harlick, which were brilliant and memorable. Sorry, but not a fan. Cheers, RBS. He signed it with his initials, RBS. <laughs> I saw too many Americans, and I had to read this one. That's the funniest yeah. shit that a British person could say about a golf course. Yeah. Too many stupid Californians out there. Even though I played okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I had an 81. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Could have been a 79. Congrats to John Corlett and Robert Bernard Smith. You are our mad golfers of the week. And with that, it is time for Nick Rolls. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. Well, I just want to educate the fans on the Open championship playoff rules. Uh, I think we're pretty used to just a sudden death playoff when we watch, you know, playoff in a golf tournament. You know, you just go until somebody's leading. Not the case for the open championship. The open championship does employ a four hole aggregate playoff. Um, multiple players are tied at the end. Hopefully, we get a Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler playoff. It's four holes in the open. If they're tied after the four, then it is sudden death. You just play until somebody's leading. The last time the open went to a playoff, can I guess? 2015. Oh yeah. Okay, oh. go ahead. Well, twenty. Can you guess? Do you remember yeah. who was in it? <laughs> in 2015, yeah, that was um, that was uh, well, Zach Johnson won over Oost Hasen and Mark Leishman. Wow, I'm a dork. Sorry. Wow, that was. <laughs> I thought I remember, out of the three, you would get one of those guys. That, you know why I remember? Because Lacey and I started dating like early on, and I had a TV in my apartment, and I flipped it on super early because it was on a Monday. For some reason, they finished on a Monday, and I flipped it on super early. Lacey's like, what are you doing? I was like, shh, the British Open is on. <laughs> that set the precedent for where we are today. 
You had to explain to her why, like, it was super important to watch golf at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. I did. And now she just doesn't even ask. She's just like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, quick side note on this, just one last bullet point. The playoff was reduced to a three-hole playoff for the 2019 and 2021 Open Championships, even though neither of those went to a playoff. But it was announced they, they, they published their playoff rules ahead of the tournament and what what holes they're going to be played on. And in those particular instances, it just made more sense on the course to just have a three-hole loop rather than a four-hole loop. However, the overall default is the four-hole aggregate playoff, which is awesome. They had the three-hole, I believe, for the PGA Championship with when Will Zalatoris and uh, Mito Pereira kind of coughed it up. JT ended up winning. That was way more fun than, like, if this guy misses one shot, he's going to lose a major. Yeah, I think that means that we have a one-hole, two-hole, three-hole, and four-hole playoff for the four respective majors. Because Masters is sudden death. U.S. Open switched from an 18-hole playoff to a two-hole playoff. PGA is three, and the British Open is four. Four feels right. Doesn't that feel right to you? It feels good, yeah. It's a major championship. At least three, yeah. I still... I'm still in the minority. Give me the 18-hole playoff for the U.S. Open. That is so cool. I mean, it's it's really – I don't disagree. It's really cool if you get the chance to watch it, especially because you're like in this small fraction of people because it's like on a Monday and it's like everything stops. and like the whole, Yeah. You know, but it's it's a pretty cool way to, to decide the tournament. All right, trivia question. You know, nine would be cool. Just like go go go, go play, play a nine. nine. That would be pretty fun. A nine holer. Yeah, you never see pros do that. What was the last eighteen hole playoff at the Men's U.S. Open? Do you remember? It was a very famous one. Oh, Tiger Woods, Pebble Beach. No, Tiger Woods, Tory Pines. Oh, I'm sorry, Tory Pines. Yeah, and yeah. It was it's it a, late. A nineteen hole playoff. It was. Yeah, ninety one holes. And see, and that's the thing. Like Rocco Mediate is more famous for his performance in that event than most U.S. Open champions are because he almost took down Tiger like with a broken leg. That was unbelievable. Anyway, four hole playoff. I think that's great. And that is Nick rules. Any final thoughts on the British Open or do you want to go to bed? I'd like to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Real quick. Max Homa, Justin Thomas. Check them out to miss the cut. They are both spiraling right now. Um Vegas has probably figured that out, but if not, take a peek. Anyway, it's going to be fun. I'm not going to be a psycho and wake up at like 4 a.m. like I used to as a kid. It's nice because they air the opening tee shot on Wednesday night, so I'll stay up. I'll check that out, go to bed, and then pretend to work and just watch the British Open all day. It's going to be fabulous. Sounds like a good plan. Nick, thank you so much. You did. This is an A-plus performance from you. This was a gutty 81 from you. you I appreciate that. You you weren't hitting fairways, but boy, you got the ball in the whole bunch. I was well scrapping done. it around. Yeah. You were. Yeah, a, you a were a one-pup bogeys. <laughs> nice work, man. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn.